0: Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Vivisection, the show that gives you a comprehensive breakdown and expert analysis of all the fights happening on this weekend's UFC card. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon and Connor Rebush.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Vivisection with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, as always, Connor Rebush. We are here once again talking about this week's UFC card going down at the... Theater at Virgin Hotels in Paradise, Nevada. Wow. So, um, That's interesting.
0: I like how you, uh, you gave us something to sort of feel weird about right at the top. Yeah. By sort of pronouncing a hotel none of us have heard of with a question mark and saying it's not really in Las Vegas. Because the truth of the matter is we don't really have a card to complain about this week.
1: No, this is a great card, especially it's a great it's an even better card since they canceled uh, putting uh-huh. a Nikita Krylov Ryan's Bond main event. Yeah. And had to put it on this card, just shove it in the middle.
0: It like, looks like a vastly better fight, not as a main event. Right.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like
0: Krylov, I see Krylov span in the middle of a main card. I'm like, oh, cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great s- fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a great fight that bulks out the middle of this event and like your worst fight suddenly on your main card is a light heavyweight bout between Vitor Petrino and Anton Turcali, which is fine. Like, they're goofy light heavyweights. I'm fine with that. They're going to have an interesting fight. And then your prelims are prelims, and you've even got a couple fights on the prelims that could be be and should be main card fights. You know, those... Mm -hmm. Those poor flyweights, they cannot buy their way to a main card slot.
0: No. No, well, they're too small.
1: It's true. It must be this tall to fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's decided, uh, bookings are decided by arm wrestling contests, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, last week's card was great. Yeah. This week's card is absolutely outstanding for a fight night compared to yeah. literally every other fight night card we've gotten in the last not even just this year in the last four plus months
1: yeah it um there's a reason that we uh do not give the OC credit and that we give the OC a lot of shit for booking bad cards because we see these cards and they're good and we, th- there's an obvious standard that they can hold themselves to.
0: Yeah, and here are the Bantamweights we were looking for. Exactly. There's there's 10 Bantamweights on this card.
1: Not even enough, but at it's least... still not enough.
0: Stuff. But it's, yep. it is, yeah, it's been a, an absolute mystery where they have been hiding all the Bantamweights. Because I swear on the last eight Fight Night cards, there have been like four Bantamweight fights at most. Mm-hmm. And they've all been like deb- debutantes, yeah. or like the worst guys in the division, which is hard to do because it's such an amazing division. Yeah. Now we have five bantamweight matchups in this card, one of them in the main event, and it's a fantastic fight. And yeah, yeah. it's just so, good to be talking about a good fight night card.
1: Yeah. And it's fascinating to me that this isn't being held at the apex. I guess it's also just one of those things that they're starting to realize that if you're going to put on a fight like Jan Dvalish, Philly and you're not going to put it in front of a crowd. Yeah people are actually vocally starting to shit on that decision.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I assumed the theater at Virgin hotels will have a crowd.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's becoming a thing of like, look, even if it's, even if it's just like 2000 people, the yeah. atmosphere is just better than holding it in the fight basement. Yeah. It was pretty, it
0: was pretty cool. and novel at first.
1: Yeah. For right? a day, for a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I actually still like the, the quiet of being able to hear everyone.
0: Yeah, me too. I like it. being able to hear the corners. It, it's yeah. like what it really is is you and I yearning for, like, pride atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could hear everything, but when something happened, the crowd would still go nuts.
1: Exactly. That's, that is the
0: ideal that, but, that 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 uh, middle ground does not exist with any audiences outside Japan. No. <laughs> so really either doesn't. you get people shouting and you can't hear the corners, and you hear less of the in cage noise, or you have absolute dead silence. Mm-hmm. And at this point, yeah, I think we can all agree we prefer the ca- the crowd noise. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, the, it's unfortunate you, but true. Now, if we could just get them to t- to do the no uh no commentary feed. Oh, to yeah. Go- <laughs> I actually I mean,
0: still like the commentary. It gives me something to complain about even when I'm enjoying a fight. <laughs> I pretty much always listen with commentary, even when I'm getting mad at it.
1: I, I just tune it out automatically. My brain, I can yeah. selectively unhear it. And so I, I, I don't think about it. But yeah. every, every now, now and, and then, somebody's loud. Usually DC is loud enough to bleed through. It's either DC being loud enough or, or Cruz getting nasally enough yeah. to bleed through. And then so like once per event I'll just hear like one thing and I'll be like, the hell is that?
0: Yeah. The only people who really need to consider a, a no commentary feed are Bellator.
1: <laughs> oh God. <Yes>. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they they really need to. Have you ever tried listen to Spanish commentary, Zane? Uh yeah. Do,
1: yeah. Do you
0: speak Spanish? Do you understand
1: no. it? I, I understand. 25 30 percent maybe four i mean you know it's the latin languages are not that hard to like that's that's better than me
0: yeah sometimes i enjoy that because spanish commentators are always very exciting yeah um Spanish language I have no idea if people from Spain are as excited as people from South America
1: watching like boxing
0: and MMA but
1: yeah no but they are they they do get hyped it's true
0: and when you can't understand it like they're probably saying really stupid things
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know <laughs> it's like when they had that terrible uh Fight Nights Global had that that Russian commentator who spoke mm. English and he just said the most ridiculous shit you'd ever heard in your life yeah that was good yeah, yeah that, that was good
0: uh, yeah yeah Russian commentators though always sound like they're asleep <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's some <laughs> cultural divide there <laughs> just like and now he lends the punch, and it looks like he might have been affected by that uh, wow. anyway <laughs> Pyotrion, Marab Marab um, a great the fight, fight is in- good, kids mm-hmm, the fight is good, and it's on top of a good card um. Yeah, I, I think the big question for me about this fight is really just where's Piotr Jan's head at? Yeah. Because it's not like outside of arguably the, the Sterling rematch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and even then, you know, like it's not like Jan has been looking bad.
1: Lately. No, no. Right? No, he's he. If anything, he's just looked cocky. He looks cocky I think the big thing that I would say of Jan and this is probably the reason to have any concern at all is that he looks frustrated yeah and when he's looking for and angry and when he's fighting like you know whether it's cockiness or frustration or anger or whatever he's, he's fighting more and more like he wants to just hurt somebody yeah and uh, that's cool it certainly made that Sean O'Malley fight a shitload of fun. Oh yeah. But it is not strategically uh it does not create strategic diversity, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Well and some of this I think might just be a limitation of Jan's style. Like sure. I, I, I said this for years. Um and outraged some of the most devoted truly Piotr Jan's fans were more devoted to him somehow than Shevchenko's fans were to her
1: yeah um, well, very very he didn't even put out any feet
0: pics <laughs> yeah that's
1: Well, amazing. that's
0: why he kept them all wanting you know
1: yeah 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 kept yeah.
0: them on the hook um and you know yeah like one of the things i was saying for ages is, is is essentially that like yeah there re- there comes a point in many fights for Jan just sort of says ah, fuck it, and just steps in and swings huge bombs.
1: hmm
0: And people were like, it's, it's more considered than that. It's, uh. like, I say the same thing about uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. No one's going to deny that Ray Leonard wasn't one of the best boxers ever. Yeah. But there's a lot of Ray Leonard fights where at a certain point it's just like, I'm going to stop doing the boxer thing and start doing the puncher thing. And he yeah. just nails somebody, and that's what turns the fight around. That happened all the time for him.
1: And yeah. for Pyotr Jan, I mean, yeah, go on. I was going to say, I, I think when Jan was coming up, that was usually a considered step that was adjusted to other openings he had created. Step sure. his offense, you know? Yeah. Like, he would start kind of probing, and then he would counter. And once he had somebody just retreating and being like, oh, man, if I stand at range with him he'll just jab me and kick me and you know hit me with 12s and if yeah. i walk in on him he will counter me i should back up and at that moment he would then become you know he would then just start being like well screw it if you're just if you're not going to fight me i will just bur- i will just brutalize you
0: yeah but it also i think was a uh, even when it felt more measured was probably a a frustration or it it's a gamble yeah, you know yeah. like Just step in, shifting, throwing huge wide swings. Mm -hmm. This is how he turned the rounds around against Jimmy Rivera. Yeah, yeah. And a fight he was otherwise losing. It's true. Um, he he got all of his knockdowns in these kinds of moments where he would, you know, endure a lot of punishment. Pretty still fairly even. I mean, it's not like he was getting his ass kicked, but yeah, uh, took a lot of shots, and then would get Jimmy Rivera cornered and would just sort of be like, okay, I'm gonna lunge in with a huge left hook. Because you mm-hmm. don't have anywhere to go, and I'm going to move really quick and throw as hard as I can. Yep. Um, So I think that has always been there to an extent. It does feel to me in these last two fights that he has really thought him – I really feel like he has completely disrespected his opponents.
1: Yeah, I, I would actually say – and just looking at who his opponents have been lately, mm-hmm. I would actually – I would actually just kind of think I bet it's – just literally I don't think these guys are any good and I want to prove it thing.
0: Yeah, well, I don't had... think he he didn't really take that approach against Sandhagen. I think he respected no, Sandhagen's skills, and so yeah. that was a sort of a slow-developing approach to that fight. Mm-hmm. It still came down basically to beyond being able to out-punch Corey, but it was a much more considered path in getting there. Yeah. Certainly is... after the first Aljo fight and all the shit he talked And all the blame he shifted for how that fight ended. Yeah, he definitely went into the rematch thinking he was just going to cook Aljo with ease. Mm -hmm. And it took him ages to start adjusting to the like three things Aljo was doing to him. Yep. Um, and then I think against Sean O'Malley, like most of us, he was like, "This is an easy win." Yeah. Of course, I'm going to beat Sean O'Malley. I
1: will beat the fight clown. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> and
0: and yeah and then that fight in particular he was really just swinging pretty wild mm-hmm. there was not a lot of the yawn jab there was not a lot of clever combinations like of all the variation you expect in his punch selection it was yeah. a lot of swinging for the fences yeah. and um and so yeah i wonder like is he going to come in more frustrated is he going to look exactly the same, is he... Will this have finally been enough for him to be like, I have to change something? And if so, will that change have taken root quickly enough to not be a disadvantage here, right? If, yeah. If, um, I mean, is it and- good for a guy like Piorion to finally doubt himself? That is a is another question that has to be yeah. asked. You were going to say? I
1: was going to say, I would... Hmm. Be a little shocked if Jan changed anything dramatically.
0: Yeah. I mean, his style is awesome. It his works style really
1: is awesome. well. He, he just needs to uh,
0: take his opponent seriously, I think. And yeah. He is still clearly one of the best bantamweights weights in the world.
1: And I think a big thing, you know, like, you see some fighters where. You know, it's like Jose Aldo losing a bunch of fights, as he has at different times, you know, losing really badly to Conor McGregor and to Max Holloway. Mm -hmm. And we saw Aldo try different types of aggression and try to emphasize different parts of his game off of those losses he suffered. But we did not over the long run, see Aldo come out and be like, Oh, I'm going to be a different dude.
0: No, which would have been crazy. Right. For Yeah. Him to, he just sort of game planned around all of the, uh, and this is a man whose style had gradually changed a lot over the course yeah. of his career. And yeah. just to sort of emphasize, yeah, different parts of the game he had already accrued.
1: And I think like Jan, to Me is that kind of fighter, somebody who has put the amount of dedication he has clearly put into keying in all the the parts of his game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Being a good counterpuncher, being a good fighter moving forward, being a reasonably defensively responsible fighter in the pocket, having mm-hmm. a takedown game, having an anti-wrestling game, all the, the parts that he has worked on, it would be, you know, I can't imagine that he would turn around and be like, oh, man, you know, if I just started grinding on dudes and like, Oh yeah. I would never, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, now it's time to be technical outfighter yawn or something like that. Like I would, I would be galled. Oh yeah. If that were, I I would just assume that somebody like him is just going to be like, okay, you know what? Let's dial it back a little, go back and think about the ways that I won fights. Yeah. And think about maybe having a little more process. And it has to be said too, O'Malley and Sterling, two longest reaches of anybody he's ever fought.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Sandhagen is up there, which is why I think it still must be pointed out that his performance against Sandhagen um, has to be contrasted with those two that as, yeah. a, as a better performance. Yeah. That, to me, is still strong evidence that it also depends on how he feels about the guy he's fighting. But, yes, uh, to underestimate a guy who can crack you from really far away is a particularly bad idea.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, not only would it be something that I don't necessarily think he's going to come in... You know, I would, A, not expect him to come in with a changed game for this fight. But it also might even just be that, like, even, you know... Even if he just approached the fights exactly the same as he approached O'Malley and Sterling,
0: yeah.
1: he would just have more success because his opponent can't punch him from a distance that Yes.
0: The, and that the, is sort of my call here is that yeah.
1: if we see the exact
0: same Piotrgan, whether or not you agree that he's somewhat diminished or l- limiting himself in these recent performances even if he comes in, in exactly that mindset, more frustrated than ever, just wanting to bomb Dwellish really out, I think this is a pretty good matchup for him.
1: hmm
0: Because uh, Mirab can do a lot of Aljo-type things. Like, I kind of, that's sort of what I expect, is for him to try to replicate Aljo's game plan in the rematch, uh, move around on the outside, lots of feints, you know, make Pyodrion reset constantly so as not to just be uh, squaring off against his power. And then, yeah, run him into really timely takedowns. The difference is, is that Aljamain Sterling is possibly the best back taker in the sport. Yeah. And that was really how he won that fight. Um, it's not just getting Piotr down, but even a lot of those times getting him just halfway down. Yeah. And then just taking his back because that's what Piotr Jan, who's a very good scrambler um, and a very quick scrambler, that's what he does immediately. That was the thing he had trouble adjusting to in, in the Sterling rematch, is that he would give his back the moment he felt himself going down and just try to shoot back to his feet. And Sterling was ready for that, not just, I think, because of game planning, but because that's who Sterling is. Yeah. That's what he does. I mean, he, he did the same thing when he fought Corey Sandhagen. Just took his back in a blink. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marab is a little more on the Mateusz Gamrot side of things. As a wrestler, like, very fast-paced, never gets tired, super confident, flexible, doesn't really hold people down ever. No. And so, can you beat Pyotrion by taking him down if you're not going to do what Aljamain Sterling did? I will say, no one else ever has.
1: Yeah. you got to hold him. Like a well, I mean, you, you could maybe go back to Magomed Magomedov. Sure. But he, I think he held him down quite a bit in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's also a very raw Peter Jan, who then turned around and won that fight in the rematch.
0: Yeah, very quickly came back and and, and looked much better. Um, so, yeah, you, you got to hold him down. So I think one thing I didn't consider when I when I talked about this on Heavy Hands is that maybe the idea would be a little more aggressive from Rob and maybe he wants to find his control up against the cage.
1: Yeah, and just clinch
0: Pyotrion, take hold, hold his back in a rear waist cinch,
1: knee his legs. You know, yeah,
0: that might be a bit more
1: of a sensible yeah. approach. I mean, that's what he ended up having to do against Jose Aldo.
0: Yeah, um, but man, I just think the one thing, one problem Pyotrion does not have that Jose Aldo does have. This dude does not get, like, overwhelmed by bullshit activity. Yeah. You step into the pocket, Piotrion is going to be ready to hit you. One and... thing in particular that Piotrion has is an excellent left hook. Yep. And I think this is the punch that Marab is most susceptible to. Marlon Marais nearly murked him with a left hook. Uh, Cody Stamen hit him with a ton of left hooks. Uh, Frankie signs caught him with left hooks. Everyone who catches Marab hard and, and stuns him usually does it with that shot because he overcommits on his punches. He tends to hang out a little too long. I mean, this is why the, the addition of the extremely, uh, the surplus of feints has been such a good move for him because yeah. the the problem is still that he is vulnerable when he engages in the pocket. And so making it so the other guy can't tell when he's coming into the pocket is a huge uh, addition to his game, but uh, that just doesn't seem like a durable sort of, um, sort of cover for him against someone like Piotr Jan.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, not only you know Jan. Uh, I, I mean, at a certain level, against a certain level of striker, it, it just doesn't work that well. Yeah, you know, unless you unless your feints are really good, but like Jose Aldo didn't have a lot of trouble with Valshvili standing out at range.
0: No, no, he just didn't do enough. And that yeah. clinched a lot.
1: Yeah. And Who's
0: I to don't say if that was a five rounder shows they wouldn't have won. Like it wasn't that dissimilar yeah. from his fight with say Kenny Florian.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jan is, yeah, he, he's a guy who he's, you know, he's still an incredibly excellent counter puncher and, t- t- uh, timed puncher when it comes to Mm -hmm. somebody walking in on him. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem in his game. It's like, oh, if somebody backs me up. What do I do? You know, he's not he's not biting and, you know, having trouble figuring out when to throw when somebody's stepping in. And for Dvalishvili. Yeah, I mean, the feints have been great because he is a you know, one of the things I think that should be a real credit to Sarah Longo. Maybe more than just about any other camp out there, is that they really seem to a- actually just take what their fighters are, are good at or need to be good at, mm-hmm. and work on it. Absolutely, you know,
0: yes. like, and they and they are also one of the few, like. With the, the momentary return of Greg Jackson, it's it's worth recalling that they are one of the few camps that consistently really prepares their fighters well for specific opponents. Mm-hmm. They it's game okay. plan
1: really well. They game plan well, and then they just, like, you know, we saw Aljam- Aljamain Sterling, you know, eight years ago mm-hmm. coming out of Bomb Squad, the same c- camp that John Jones came out of, and he had this, like, funky kick game, and some takedowns, and he couldn't throw punches to save his life.
0: Yep. Everything was horribly disconnected, and his boxing was trash.
1: Yeah. And hmm. Longo has slowly worked not to make Aljamain Sterling some kind of great pocket puncher, because he will clearly never be comfortable punching in the pocket for extended periods of time. But they instead have worked very hard on giving, make, emphasizing in and out darting footwork and being able to, like, throw on exits and mm-hmm. to strike off the back foot and kick mm-hmm. off the back foot. Like, oh, you're a comfortable kicker and you, you don't want to be in the pocket. Well, we're going to make sure that you punch well as you exit the yes. circle away
0: it taught him how to keep his feet under him when a guy's coming at him and just run them into a jab.
1: Yeah. And it Simple has things like that. Aljamain Sterling really well. And it's not at all what they're teaching. Marab Duval's because yes. Ma- Rob Duval's he's not the most, you know, he doesn't have the best form in the pocket, but he's very comfortable coming forward mm-hmm. and stepping in. And so you see the emphasis that they're putting on his game. It's like, okay, well, faint and, like mix people up a little with your timing because... Yeah, and you're fast, you know, like he's
0: fast and agile. It's like, just be really (laughs) herky-jerky. Yeah. That's going to be your move.
1: Get people to guess a little because when you do come in, you're going to sit right down in front of them and you're just going to throw heat at their head. And he's also
0: got, uh, more so than Aljo, he's got a a meaner shot. Yeah. So, like, that essential switch-up works better for him than it does for Aljo. It's just they don't know when you're coming in. And also there's a two broad categories of thing you could be trying to do when you do get in.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that you really, it's interesting because when I think about Sarah Longo, it's like a broad strokes camp. and like, Oh yeah. What are their fighters look like? Other than having, you know, a, a lot of good wrestling, it's kind of hard to pin down, you know, what make, what yeah. made like, uh, somebody like ally Aquinta. Mm-hmm. the same coming out, come out of the same camp as Aljamain Sterling. Right. You know, and I, it's, I think it's really, you just got to look at the camp overall as being really dexterous.
0: Yeah. And Chris Weidman is very different from all these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they they are kind of now. And it been for a while. I think what, uh, Jackson wink was in like 2010, mm-hmm. um, but with a, you know, better striking coach. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I think the thing with Marab as an opponent is that he is just generally very difficult to actually look good against. He will frustrate you if that's a problem. He if he's winning, he will win the most boring fight of all time and not be, uh, you know, nonplussed about that. He fights like a King's MMA guy. Yeah. Yeah. He will win a super boring fight. But if he feels himself losing, he will go berserk Mm -hmm. Um, because, yeah, he's super comfortable. He doesn't mind getting hit. And he has incredible conditioning. He recovers really well, even when he gets hurt. He's got a solid chin to begin with, so um, I think this is going to be a very entertaining fight, even if it takes a little while to build up. And I'm curious to see how Marab tests Piotrion's like patience and mm-hmm. discipline after these recent frustrating losses. Um, but I I gotta think that just Piotrion being an excellent scrambler who is not going to get instantly trapped in back takes because of that scrambling, having otherwise very solid takedown defense in general, being a solid pressure fighter and a great aggressive counterpuncher with a devastating left hook in particular. I think um, he's going to win.
1: Yeah. He's going to, I have to expect that he's just going to be able to see the moments when Devos really actually sits down and plants his feet. Yeah. And when he does see those moments, He's going to be the cleaner, more considered puncher in 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 the moment, and he's to, he take he picks better targets. He is uh, he's got a higher variety of skills he can draw on, and he's just got tighter form, and mm-hmm. he's got as much power as Javale Even when his form is looser,
0: he's just got better timing and range of his strikes. Yeah. Even when he's swinging for the fences. Yeah, if you can get nearly executed by uh, 2021 Marlon Moraes,
1: Yeah. Not
0: that Marlon ever became a guy who was not dangerous in the first three minutes of a fight, but...
1: Yeah. You
0: know, Peter Jan can do that. Yeah. And he can do it for the whole fight.
1: Yep. So, you got to take Peter Jan, but it'll be fun, because as you say, really he's a hard dude to look good against. It's very, you know, yeah. I, if I can stick you on the cage and just grind on you, I will, I will stick you on the cage and just grind on you. And if I can take you down a hundred times, I'll take you down a hundred times. And yep.
0: if Either I he wins and you look like trash or the fight is a, a brawl, yeah. like, <laughs> that's basically how Marab's fights go.
1: Yeah, he will, he will absolutely, he has the physicality to try whatever his game plan is, whether you are winning or not. Yeah. So you have to fight him off no matter what. There's no version of a Rob Duvall's Philly fight where you're like, oh, yeah, he just didn't get, he just couldn't get anything done out there. Mm -hmm. You know, like Marvin
0: Vittori. That's Marvin Vittori, Matej Gamrat. There are a lot of good comparisons. Yeah. Yeah, and like Marvin Vittori, like pretty meat and potatoes and just simply too blockheaded to be put yeah. off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just uh yeah. Which is another thing that uh has not always been the case for Jan's opponents. I mean, yeah, mentality wise, I think Dewalsh really is closer to like Corey Sandhagen. Mm-hmm who was competitive with Jan for five rounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly guys like Uriah Faber and Jimmy Rivera and John yeah. Dodson and Douglas De Silva, they're all much more likely to crumble yeah. in the face of serious adversity Exactly. than somebody like Volshvili.
0: Yeah, Mirab just has ironclad confidence no matter what's happening.
1: Odds on the fight... There we are. No, I think we got last did, did we actually get like a last minute addition to this card? I sure hope not. Well, if we did, and if it's a fight, I think it is. Then, yeah, we did. Carlston Harris versus Jared Gooden has been added like today. Yep. Okay. But that's a really easy fight to call. So
0: yep. No we'll trouble. get to it later. And it's at the very end as of now. Yep. So, all
1: right. Um. Anyway, odds on the fight. Error message is what I'm getting from Best Fight Odds. Really <laughs> helpful. Come on. Meanwhile, my dog is tearing my bedroom door to pieces because I won't <laughs> let her out here. This is just beautiful. Uh. <laughs> Oh, and I the Yan hope- fight is mislisted anyway, so okay, here we go. I
0: hope we leave all this in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh Jan opened at -175, is currently -265. Dvalishvili is currently at +150 or opened at +150, is currently at +210. That brings us to a heavyweight bout. Alexander Volkov, Alexander Romanov, and um this is actually, you know, this is a more interesting fight than uh, I would have expected. Expected it to be just at a glance.
0: Certainly seems more interesting than I think it would have been uh, pre,
1: pre-Tibora, yeah,
0: yeah, pre Romanov Tibora. Yeah,
1: um, and especially like if this were a five-round fight, I would not know who to pick.
0: Can I just say, I mean, this is not in the usual vein of um, of uh, topology names. This is from an advertisement on topology, mm-hmm. but I'm being recommended an all-state agent in Cincinnati named Keith Claunch.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: wish that was a fighter name.
1: That is, anyway, <laughs> that is one of those names that if it were like, just change it, you have the legal option. You do not have to go through your life that way. <laughs> Keith Clonch there's no shortening of keith there's no
0: no but there's nothing you could do about clonch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as the old as the old saying goes
1: it's the very much the terry pratchett uh what was his name Owlswick uh owls Wick jenkins Owlswick jenkins but that's right he, he changed it to Owlswick jenkins wasn't it it was no
0: owls Wick jenkins was the original he changed okay. it to something clamp
1: oh yeah Owlswick clamp no, the, the first, names, part that, yeah. the first the, name... The
0: first name is... Now you're going to make me look this up. This is completely <laughs> irrelevant to what we're talking about. You start talking about Volkov, okay, Romanov, yeah. and I'll find
1: Romanov, him. Volkov. So the thing that we know is that Volkov will get taken down early in this fight. Mm-hmm. His takedown defense is good if he's up against the cage, or at least not bad. But... It's never great. It's
0: exorbit clamp.
1: Exorbit clamp. Okay. Uh
0: huh. Okay. That's a better name than Keith Claunch. It is a better name
1: anyway. than anyway. Kloch. Anyway, go on. All right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking All right. Anyway. 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 Uh, yeah. For Volkanovsky, I mean, there's all or Volkov rather. There's always this point where. Somebody shoots in on him and gets their hand around his legs, and he just leans over and grabs a body lock mm-hmm. like he's going to somehow, I don't know, suplex. He's going to pile drive them or something.
0: It's remarkable how somebody makes it that far in their career and still has that instinct.
1: Yeah. And right? he always gets sat down. Yeah. Immediately. And if it's an open space, take that double leg. He usually doesn't even get that far. Mhm. It just have he just gets blasted and he tips over and yeah. that's it.
0: He's just slow on his feet. So maybe yeah. even if he, even if he did have the muscle memory to sprawl immediately, it still probably wouldn't work that great. Yeah. He is
1: not he's not a fast-footed man. No. Um but he is tough. Oh yeah. And he will fight hard to get back up. Yeah, he, he actually does shrimp, and he actually does, like...
0: He's a pretty decent guard player by heavyweight yeah.
1: standards. He, he has a defensive guard. He will shrimp to try to get back to his feet. Um, Curtis Blades had to take him down how many times?
0: A lot. And Curtis Blades exhausted himself taking yeah. uh, Volkov down.
1: Let's see, Volkov against Blades. I'm going to say like 11. 14, wow. 14 times Curtis Blades had to take him down. Mm-hmm. And, no, you know, only, only in one round did he ever get him down once and control him. Yeah. Every other round. It was, oh, he got four. You know, you look at round one, Curtis Blades had four minutes and 52 seconds of control time. You're like, wow. Well, that, you know. Must have just laid on him and like soaked it all up. And then you look at five of six takedowns. Mm-hmm. Like you had to take him down five times. Mm-hmm. So that's a big problem for Romanov as we yeah. now have seen. Like he only took down, he only took Tibera down twice mm-hmm. and he got a lot of take that he got a lot of, uh, you know, time on top for it and landed a whole bunch of strikes, but he didn't finish Taibura and has, in fact, let's see.
0: You're looking for decision wins?
1: Well, not necessarily looking for decision wins, although he has none.
0: He has the technical decision win against Juan Espino. What was that?
1: Oh, yeah, wait, no, your uh, technical decision. Oh, there was an accidental groin. Oh, oh, okay. So still not. Couldn't keep going, but it went to the cards because of it.
0: He was up on the cards, but he still did not win by going to the end of three rounds.
1: Yeah. Okay. And he has won via first round submission at times, Mm -hmm. but they're not. It, they're not, um, they're the kind of things that only work at heavyweight. Uh huh. Key lock, forearm choke, submission due to injury before he got to the UFC. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, you got Virgil's wicker and a neck crank.
0: Mm-hmm. Granted, Volkov did just get straight arm lock submitted by Tom Aspinall, the sort of yeah. double wrist lock straight arm bar. Not yeah. a typical
1: it's uh, true. guard It's very much a heavyweight submission. Yeah. it, but it doesn't the, happen often. And, yeah, it's, it's the uh, first time Volkov had been submitted since 2010 yeah. when he lost Maxime Grishin.
0: Yeah, against a big heavyweight who is a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Uh, and, and, a, and, and himself a pretty consistent submission grappler.
1: Yeah, Rubenov's and otherwise is big, on. and he's a good athlete, but he's he's kind of a clubbing mauler. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of he. He's very much in the Brock Lesnar form of yeah. ground and pound and stand up striking and really kind of everything, except he's mm-hmm. not quite as big as Lesnar.
0: Yeah, um, much more of a wrestle boxer. TKO by punches type of finisher when he finishes people and and Volkov to this day I think has only been knocked out maybe three times in a very long career
1: Derek Lewis and then Vitaly Minikov which if I remember that fight correctly that was very much just a like he landed some punches and the ref jumped in and waved it off and Volkov was like what the hell
0: yeah. I mean it was the kind of TKO that Romanov often gets but
1: yeah but yeah he did get rocked to the field like two.
0: Yeah, two TKOs in a uh what? Like 35 uh, oh my a 45 fight heavyweight career. The man yeah. has a has a beard.
1: He does. I think I got to pick Volkov here. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it I might feel like it's a terrible mistake having by the time this is over, he's had weird points lately where he's looked incredibly flat and has not even looked in great shape. Yeah. His fight against Gon was a notable just... What is this guy doing? hmm kind of fight. Um, But he also... You know, when he gets somebody who is not... When he gets somebody who is no longer prepared to keep fighting him, Volkov mm-hmm. he usually takes them apart.
0: That's true. Yeah, if you're going to break, because that—that is the thing—is Vol- Volkov is the classic model of heavyweight who sort of weather's everything and is still there. Yeah. Um, very
1: well in that kind of way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and most
0: heavyweights do tend to crumble just because. You know, uh, ex- exhaustion. What's the saying? Exhaustion makes cowards of every man, or something. Like, yeah, sure, it, yeah. there's something like that. When your when your gas tank just runs empty, you just don't mm-hmm. want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah, and, um, and most Volkov, heavyweights aren't used to, you know, they get they get they get to run through a large portion of their careers without any real yeah. pushback.
0: Yeah, or they get knocked out quickly, and they're like, yeah. okay, that happens. Yeah, Volkov. So so as a result, if Volkov has for a heavyweight. A lot of second, third, fourth round finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is he's definitely going to get taken down very easily.
1: Yeah, th- he is going to start this fight flat on his back. He is nope. going
0: to go sailing. I mean,
1: yeah, you know, and it is too,
0: Romanov hits big takedowns, too. Like, yeah, these are impactful, damaging slam takedowns.
1: And but- it is in a small cage. Uh-huh. So he's not going to get away from anything very easily.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think I'm still going to side with Romanov just for the three-round thing. Uh, If it was a five-rounder, I would absolutely pick Volkov because I have zero reason to think Romanov can make it through three rounds. I got to think. I mean, huge indictment on him. Not an unprecedented indictment. It's MMA. It's heavyweight MMA. If he doesn't, like, if he hasn't put a little work in on Fighting lots of hard rounds in a row in the gym after that Tabora fight, is he should be embarrassed by what happened in that fight. Yeah, because he is in a lot of respects a better fighter than Tabora, and he just allowed Tabora to outlast him by like expecting that he would run him over. He would be yeah. a complete moron to expect to run over Alexander Volkov. No, pretty much nobody does it.
1: Yeah. You know, there is just the fact, too, if I look over Volkov's record, who's the best wrestler that Volkov has beat?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he beat (laughs) Tabora.
0: Yeah. He did beat the guy who outlasted Romanov. Although even that, it wasn't like...
1: wrestler himself he's just a, he's a good grappler actually
0: yeah he's a good grappler he's a try hard wrestler but not a great he's one he's
1: a try hard wrestler but not like a good power wrestler
0: yeah maybe tim johnson which was a split decision yeah these are not easy fights for people to win against Volkov, but yeah he rarely beats people
1: i mean the, the other maybe unfortunate thing is to tony johnson oh well who is like an exceptionally limited version of the AKA kind of wrestle boxer.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Denis Smolderev, I think, is a bit of a wrestler. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I I don't think it's crazy to pick Volkov here. I mean, I think Romanov was pretty badly exposed against Tabora. Like, that that specifically is not the problem you want to have against Volkov.
1: No, it really isn't.
0: But I think three rounds, small cage, <laughs> faint hope that Romanov will have learned something from that. What was essentially for him a prospect loss, his first ever loss.
1: You know what? I'm going to stay brave and I'm going to I'm going to stick with Volkov. Go for it. I'll, I'll go for it. I'll take my lumps if I'm wrong. I it, uh,
0: it may very well be hideous, but it is an interesting heavyweight matchup.
1: Yeah, we both took Trevin Jones and we were almost right. If only he had thought to fight around earlier.
0: Well, that's Trevin Jones for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, all I know is that I did say it was going to suck, and it did. Yes,
1: and it did <laughs> suck. It really sucked.
0: <laughs> that's the only kind of prediction I can ever be truly confident in. When I get a feeling that a fight's going to be trash, it usually is. Yeah.
1: And and uh, I will say too that you know. We had I had the feeling, the inkling that maybe Derek Brunson is just too old to fight the way he used to. Not really. Hmm. Yeah. I also
0: had the feeling the whole time that he was just gonna win early and lose late. Yeah. Should have trusted my gut.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh well. It was a spectacular fall apart though, oh he God. had he had <laughs> Dreakus Plessis beat. Like three times in that you, no fight, no one Zane,
0: no one ever has Drakus to Plessy beat. It's that's true. the thing; he never gives up.
1: Yeah, never surrender.
0: Never surrender.
1: I'm, <laughs> yeah. I
0: need to work on my South African accent.
1: All right, uh, Volkov Romanov odds here. What is this? Why do I have like one set of? books open for this fight it's been oh my god really do need to find a new oh there we go I just have it listed twice for some reason Uh, Volkov opened at minus 150 is currently plus 130 Romanov opened at plus 130 is currently minus 157 so those odds have shifted entirely after opening they were adjusted basically into opposite positions I get it um and I yeah I have no trust in either man really in this kind of fight this is exactly the kind of fight that both man is perfectly capable of losing
0: yep yep Volkov it's not the type of uh, style matchup Volkov wins but Romanov is uh not as good as you might have hoped yeah basically
1: All right, that brings us to a catchweight bout. Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spahn, and we've pretty much been through this one before, so... Already covered it. I'll do the quick rundown of what I said last time. Uh, I think the only
0: reason I would ever pick Ryan Spahn in this fight is on the idea that he would knock Nikita Krylov out. Yep. And that has never happened. It's true. Krylov is insanely durable. He has good stamina. He is not a clean technician really anywhere, but he, he is... All effort and flexibility, and especially given just how easily anyone who has an idea to take Ryan Spann down manages to do that, Krylov—he wrestles everyone. That is mm-hmm. really, truly how he wins his fights. If he cannot wrestle someone, he pretty much doesn't beat them. Yep. With with the exception of like I guess the Gustafson fight, where he just clocked a completely shot. Gustafson in the first minute
1: yeah who cares? like, like that doesn't t- tell us anything. yeah
0: yeah meaningless um, so anyways, I mean maybe not that meaningless because Ryan Spann is also a chinny fighter because he's very tense and nervous all the time it's not impossible Krylov could just chin him out of nowhere and, and get a win that way but uh, assuming we get a little time here I trust Krylov to be able to survive whatever uh, the gigantic span can cook up on the feet and then to hit some ugly but surprisingly effective takedowns. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I I, mm-hmm. I did a little math after we had that we we had our show breaking this down the last time
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you were like you know I bet Spawn his takedown defense is at like uh, what was it something like forty percent or mm-hmm. something terrible and we looked and we were like oh yeah all and his takedown defense is fifty percent. Mm -hmm. And it's all down to that fight with Luis Enrique, where he stuffed seven of 11 shots and gave up four takedowns. Mm. And so I actually did the math after that, like took that fight out and did the math on all of his other takedown defense. He's given up 83% of his takedown attempts in the UFC. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair,
0: three of those takedowns were to Ewan Kudalaba, who is one of the division's better takedown artists, then again, two of those takedowns were to Devin Clark.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: that's it's that's a bad statistic. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. numbers like that. I I mean even with the fifty percent, how do you not pick Krylov? You know he's gonna keep trying.
1: Yeah. yeah. You pretty much said it all. We've never seen. We've seen uh, Krylov TKO'd once through the most hellaciously sloppy, hilarious fight ever, where the doc, where the ref just had to wave it off before either man spontaneously combusted.
0: Yeah. Um. He's like, we don't want to have to. We don't want to have to make the crew sweep you out of the cage. Yeah. So we're just gonna end this.
1: But it wasn't. He's never been knocked out, and without him getting knocked out. Rylov tends to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing, is that he's not the most technical fighter out there, but when he's pressing offense, like even against uh, Magomed Ankalaev, he had Ankalaev really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because he tends to. He tends to make good decisions. He tends to, you know, I'm going to fly at you with a one, two, and a head kick, and then I'm going to go into a double leg, and mm-hmm. you have to be able to defend it all, otherwise, because I'll do it ten times if I have yeah. to to make it work.
0: A lot of his good decisions are calculated risks, because his sure. technique is not great. So, like, we yeah. will give up position going for submissions. He will lunge at his opponent face first. But, yeah, um, yeah he's he's just a very again, a very flexible kind of fighter and, mm-hmm. and and really seems to have a better sense than most uh, light heavyweights of sort of how the fight is shaping up mm-hmm. and what he needs to do to keep himself winning or to get back in the lead. Yeah. He's crafty.
1: He is. He's he is definitely somebody who's used the experience of fighting lots of guys, even if a lot of them weren't very good, to learn how to win fights. Mm-hmm. Odds on the bout. Krylov is the favorite, opened at minus 170, currently minus 172. These are on the new lines, and it should be noted, and this might be a problem. I don't think it will be because Krylov, he's fought at heavyweight in the past, but Bout is now at 215 pounds. Right, yeah. So you could expect probably Spawn is going to come in closer to 230. Closer to his natural weight, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which
0: must be in the 240-plus range when he's Mm -hmm. not cutting.
1: Yeah. And uh, Krylov is definitely a uh, much more light heavyweight size, light heavyweight.
0: For sure. Yeah, it's
1: true. Spawn up at plus 145, currently down at plus 143.
2: Just a little reminder that you could support the MMA Vivid section The MMA Depressed Us and the sixth round post-fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash MMA Vivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7, it's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much.
1: All right. That takes us to a featherweight bout. Ricardo Hamosh against Austin Lingo. And, um, yes, it's not very good booking.
0: No, oh, this is one of the weaker matchups in the card. Yeah. Like, really should be a, pretty much a walk for, for Hamosh because Lingo just – I mean, Lingo is not a – as much as this phrase means anything anymore, he's not a UFC-caliber fighter.
1: Yeah. He's – he is a credit, I would say, to some degree, to Fortis MMA. Absolutely. Because he's not a natural athlete yeah. at all. And he has clearly learned a lot of solid, basic techniques to stay in fights, land big shots, mm-hmm. be aggressive.
0: He's pretty coachable. I mean, he responds to his corner. Mm-hmm. Um, even not outside of the apex, you're going to be able to hear safes out.
1: Yeah, um. and, like he he got him a win over Luis Saldana, which is more than uh, Sean Woodson could do. Mm-hmm. You know, and Woodson is a much more naturally, physically gifted and technically gifted fighter than mm-hmm. Austin Lingo. Yeah. Um, Saldana has been difficult to beat. So it is, you know, th- there is to that to Lingo's credit, he's made himself tough to beat. If you especially if you're gonna come in with a pretty basic game. I
0: mean, he's got one thing going for him is that he hits pretty damn hard.
1: Yeah, he hits hard. He is a he is a brawler who knows to brawl and he knows, you know, he's got a game that is functionally designed to let him brawl. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, is that Hamosh is not, like, there are gaps in his style. There are gaps in his style that a brawler could take advantage of. He's not the most comfortable pocket fight, pocket striker at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a fighter who needs to be all the way out or all the way in. But Hamosh is not otherwise a dynamically limited fighter. You know? Mm-hmm. There is a very... There are a lot of things that Hamosh can do well to take a fight over from you. He has a good variety of dynamic attacks from range. Mm -hmm. He's a difficult kicker to time and to predict. Uh, He has some pretty hard single strikes that he will throw punches that he'll throw as he closes distance. And then he has a very dynamic sort of uh classic uh Charles Oliveira styled mm-hmm. body lock to trip to back take game mm-hmm. that you know if you're trying to get his timing and guess like oh you know what's this guy doing as he closes in on me if you you know if if you're not prepared for a good variety of things. Yeah. He will, he can easily body lock you and trip you and jump on your back in a heartbeat and choke you out like he did to uh, Luisa Eduardo Gargori. Mm hmm. Or he can, like, he can switch it up and he'll hit that, you know, he'll hit like a spinning elbow or something like that. His favorite
0: clinch move. Yeah. But it yeah. is, it is a thing I think that has won him a lot of fights that, um, like we saw out of uh, Rachmanov last weekend, like here is a tall guy who doesn't think he just has to be like keeping you on the end of his reach. Yeah. He's quite happy to get into the clinch. And that body lock trip game is a classic tall man's clinch wrestling game.
1: It is a classic tall man's clinch wrestling game. And the the fact that he just even mixes it up with one other thing, like, Oh, you're worried about me taking, tripping you down right now. What if I spun?
0: Yeah. I mean, he'll also throw, you know, like collar tie clinch to the knees, to the body and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. But like, he mm-hmm. he has a little variety in there that you, have, you can't just watch out for the clinch trip. And he's dynamic and powerful enough to finish people and to, you know, be a threat. So I, I got to take Hamosh in that kind of fight where he's got somebody who is working a pretty limited skill set. And they're doing it effectively, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're necessarily going to, you know, Lingo doesn't have a lot of tools to compete from distance with Hamosh. And I don't think he's going to be ready for the switch up inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: yeah no, I, I I don't really have anything to add. It's just a it's a big physical golf. Hamush is a finisher. Lingo can be hurt. He, mm-hmm. He's he's scrappy. He can adjust um, with the help of his corner. He hits hard, but uh, yeah, I just got to think Hamush is going to just be able to sort of easily pressure him, and and Lingo does not like being pressured.
1: Yeah, and just intimidate. him
0: mm-hmm.
1: it seems like bad booking. Like, Lingo yeah, has been fighting from since 2017. He's had a little surprising success in the UFC, but he's very much a fighter that like needs to be brought along slowly with lots of low-level action bouts if he's ever going to evolve into anything, you know, like long-term action fighter, you know. Uh Ricky uh, Ricky Glenn kind of territory. Yeah, well, I'll
0: tell you uh, in case you haven't seen this already on uh, Tapology, the last two fights they tried to book Lingo in were against Jonathan Pierce and David Onama.
1: The David Onama fight would have been more like at least relative relative to their time as pros.
0: Yeah, but that's still like a massive yeah. physical mismatch.
1: Yeah. And we're um, like Ramos has been in the UFC since twenty. 20- he's been in the UFC as long as Lingo has been fighting.
0: Yeah, and he's I been
1: winning both of the time.
0: A part of the thing is it's just not. This is the the classic case of like the UFC. There's not a lot of sh- schlubs on the featherweight roster. No, no. There's it's not. a very strong and deep division. Yeah. So like I I don't know what you do with a guy like Austin Lingo. I, no. I, if how you can even really. Uh, tie yourself up in knots in order to match him favorably and why you would do that uh either.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not saying you have to be favorable all that. It's just, you know, it it makes me pine a little for the Joe Silva days where it'd be like, okay, the two and one guy fights the two and one guy. And if the other two and one guy is David Onama, then yeah. he's David Onama. But he doesn't fight the six and three guy.
0: Yeah, you know? I guess so. I, I think more now it's a what have you done for me lately style thing and they're both on two wins. So Okay.
1: It's also, more now it's it's just who's free, Who's yeah, free. And that's it. You know who's free. We're gonna book them, and fighters who are getting ranking are seeing that and they're being like, "I'm not free. You gotta, <laughs> you have to match. Give me a ranked fight for me to be free." Yeah. And so the rankings just stay frozen. So, Lingo does not have that kind of re- leverage.
0: He's yeah. the kind of guy who gets thrown into these. We yep. need a fight bookings. Yep. Looks like a pretty straightforward pick for Hamush, who's got to be. I mean, did we look? Did we mention the size difference as well?
1: Uh, I well, Hamush is a former bantamweight, so I don't know. He he his he, the 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 sense of him as a big fighter is partially colored by That's the true sense when he was a much bigger fighter. That's true. According to Tapology, he's actually an inch shorter. Yeah, It's five nine, seventy two inches, and Lingo is five ten and seventy inch reach. So shorter reach for Lingo, little taller. Um, yeah, I can say the sense of, of Hamosh as a big fighter is partially just because he was a bantamweight first,
0: Yeah, so. that's that's a good point Still, I'm picking Hamosh
1: Yeah Yeah. Uh, odds on the bout Hamosh is a very clear favorite opened at minus 225 is currently down at minus 370 all traffic yeah. going his way Lingo opened at plus 190 is currently at plus 284 all right. That brings us to a Bantamweight fight. Said Nurmagomedov or Nurmagomedov. I, I,
0: shouldn't, I shouldn't trip through that. <laughs> That's your um, favorite name to mispronounce.
1: And it's just because, like, I feel like I'm getting it right. It's, you know, Said Nurmagomedov.
0: But treat, it, treat the Nur as like a prefix on yeah. the real name, which is Mohammedov, basically. Yeah. So, so it's, it's Nur Nurmagomedov.
1: Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Anyway, so you mm-hmm. Nurmagomedov against Jonathan Martinez. And uh, this is actually a cool booking. I like yeah, this. I like this. Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where, like, Jonathan Martinez has been just slowly and consistently progressing to the point where it makes sense for him to get tested against or to be the testing block for a guy who looks like one of the division's top rising prospects or who has at times looked like one mm-hmm. of them.
0: Certainly didn't in his last fight.
1: No, certainly didn't in his last fight.
0: And they they ludicrously cut Saeed Jakub Kokramanov
1: yeah. for
0: losing a fight suddenly in which he was otherwise dominating somebody who's clearly one of their favorite guys in the division.
1: I got to yeah. think that uh, Kokramanov there is – victim to one of the unfortunate things that the UFC likes to do, which is that he must, I think have probably negotiated himself a pretty good entry contract to the UFC. Maybe. And so it, you know, the UFC is very much in a like, okay, you are purely shit or get off the pot for us. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I can think. Doesn't it just feel like the bantamweight
0: division is benefits from having some, yeah, some guys I, like Sayed Jacob, like a just no, a great. angry blanket, like yeah, we need some of those dudes. He's a absolutely like hyper aggressive control grappler.
1: I would have loved to see the day where he could face, uh, you know, Marab Davajvili really? or Cody Stamen. Yeah, you know, yeah. So like, I don't know.
0: Strange decision, Pro- yeah. Probably as with most of these things, there's some kind of behind the scenes negotiating happening or something. Yeah, the UFC just doesn't guess. care. Um, it's like, oh, they're
1: you not going to twenty thousand dollars instead of ten, while well, you I win mean, every fight now, or the moment you lose, we cut you.
0: Yeah, they're not going to bend over backwards for Sayed Yakub Kukramanov. Yeah, but anyway, he looked much better than Nurmagomedov um, in that fight, and then just got caught in a guillotine. Yep. But, you know, credit not taking anything away from said He found the submission. He got it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's sort of irrelevant. This is not a matchup, which which looks like it's necessarily going to test that aspect, that that no. particular weakness. No, this looks like a kickboxing match. A... Yep. And um, that still doesn't make it uh, an easy one to pick for Said. No, because
1: it's... both men kind of have the same flaws, frankly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they both kind of don't look great when they're forced backwards. Mm hmm. One thing I will say is that I think I've seen more evidence recently of Martinez specifically addressing that.
1: Yeah, like, yeah well, I think he, uh, well, he, I don't know that he has fewer, you know, he's less physically gifted than Saeed Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov hmm. but he, he has had his durability tested and is more perhaps fragile than Saeed's.
0: Yeah. I mean, he got he, knocked out once by David. He got
1: Green. knocked out once. but He's also been hurt in several fights. Sure. One of the things with uh, Martinez has, that's been notable is that, like, getting—he's he, a fighter who he wants to be way out at range, kicking your legs, or he wants to be all the way in, mm-hmm. clinching you, and like lunging in with a huge strike, or and wrapping you up and either landing knees and elbows or a takedown. Mm-hmm. And he wants nothing to do with that middle distance. And whenever he gets caught in that middle distance, he tends to get hurt.
0: Yeah. But and, he has done a better job on his yeah. retreats lately. Yeah, yeah. Responding to that. Uh, yeah. He's done a better job of taking angles as he gets back out of the pocket and resets. And he's also just looked more determined not to get backed off, to be yeah. the one pressuring.
1: And I, I, what I'm saying is, I think he probably feels that pressure more than Said. I think Saeed is yeah. more confident. Yeah. Despite the same gap in his style where yeah. in that middle distance, you even saw, and say, he say, uh, Kakramanov like, Kakramanov is just stepping in, like hurling bombs at him. And suddenly you've got, you know, Nurmagomedov, like, head down, just winging overhand hooks, trying to scare this guy off him yeah. as, as quickly as he can.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, fortunately for, for Martinez, like, his discomfort or, or weakness in the pocket is, does not look like it's going to be particularly tested here either. Yeah. This is going to be contested a lot at kicking range. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I will say about both that Kakramana fight and then also Saeed's fight with Howney Barcelos, these were both guys who got him against the fence a lot. Mm-hmm. And they succeeded or didn't succeed entirely based on did they have something else that they were ready to go to other than the big swinging punches? Yeah, for Kakramanov, he had the shot. Howney just tried to take Sayed's head off for yeah. a lot of that fight. and Sayed put himself twisted himself into some awful positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. just like hunched over and turned his back and all the terrible markers of a guy who does not like being pressured in MMA. Um, but Howley just wanted to like catch him with a hook. Martinez isn't going to hit the shots like Kukravtsov did, but he can pressure him and kick the shit out of him as he circles out. Yeah, and he's quite good at that.
1: Oh, he's and a very good kicker,
0: using those those low kicks and body kicks to corral people. Um, and then I think he's like reasonably comfortable dealing with other people's kicks at kicking range as well. Um, I I mean I I suppose it, it hasn't. This is the curious thing is that. Martinez hasn't faced a lot of guys like himself.
1: Yeah, and has has Saeed.
0: Yeah, neither has he, neither has Said I mean, really.
1: The only guy that would be at all like this would be Ricardo Hamosh, who was absolutely dumbstruck by the idea.
0: Yeah,
1: he was just like, "Wait, you're kicking me at range, me?" Yeah, and. Got absolutely just lit up.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning Martinez here just because I think he's a little more committed to pressuring. And in fact, yeah. notably more committed to pressuring. I I, I, I don't think uh Nurmagomedov's a better athlete. Mm-hmm. He gets away with his mistakes a lot more. I don't think anyone has yet really proven to him that like the kicking game he wants to play is not necessarily um, – is not necessarily in line with all the retreating he does and, yeah, and hopping around. He also just makes worse decisions than Martinez. He wants to yeah. stunt on people with crazy spins, and he does. he does it so often, and almost none of them land.
1: It's true.
0: Martinez is just very meat and potatoes with his kickboxing. Yes, yes absolutely. Simple combinations, hard low kicks stepping into the clinch, landing a few strikes. I think I'm taking Jonathan Martinez here, despite the what looks like an athletic uh, gap.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Nurmagomedov. I think, for me, this is just one of those points where two guys are going to come out doing a lot of the same thing, mm-hmm. and one's a little faster and a little trickier and more dynamic, and the other one hasn't really had to deal with that uh before at that range hmm and is more easily uh, I think he's just more easily kind of cowed off of his game. I think there's I think Martinez is just a little more breakable than, yeah. than it off He might make better decisions and he might try to you know he he may have done more work to correct these things. But he's also a fighter who got you just couldn't find a way to outbox andre Ewell or to out you know fight andre Ewell at range mm-hmm. clearly he he is less baseline confident in his skill and i I gotta go with the faster, more confident guy pretty much in a in a fight that I think is going to be determined primarily out in the kind of space where that speed will will be a pr- a prime factor. I don't I don't think Martinez is going to take away enough of the tools of Nurmag- Nurmagomedov to win.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of expecting him. I mean, I, yeah, if it's just a 50-50 long range fight then I mean, I still would expect it to be pretty close there. Yeah,
1: I think it'll be close. It'll be fun. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Well, I am. I think
0: I think if Martinez tries to corral Nurmagomedov, he's going to have um he he's gonna have some good success. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I mean this is one of those this is one of those moments where if I'm sounding confident, I am literally looking at like you know the green if there's like a a line and I'm trying to determine which side of the line has more sand on it than the other I'm looking at like the five grains on the one side yeah, and being like, I think if I have to pick, if I'm, if I'm imagining this fight and what I think is going to play out, I think it's going to be a pretty 50, 50 open range kickboxing contest. So I'm going with Nurmagomedov because yeah, that makes sense. He's never been knocked out. He's a little faster. He has a more dynamic bag of tricks out at range and uh, that's it. You know, but I think Martinez will put up a hell of a good fight.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it is a, a well-matched fight.
1: Yep. I like the way Martinez, like I say, I because he's had to do more growing, I like the, the growing that Martinez has done a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? He's not a fighter who has taken his base skill set and just not improved it in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. He's continually becoming a more comfortable pressure, a more comfortable puncher. And, uh, a more confident kicker who recognizes the advantage that his distance can give him, Mm -hmm. you know, like he went in there against Cubs Swanson in a fight that I thought could easily get in Martinez's head. Uh, the the way that fights against like Sukumta and Ewell did a few years ago where he would just be like, Oh man, Cubs Swanson's good. I, you know, not ready for this. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just kicked the shit out of Cub Swanson.
0: Just carved him to pieces.
1: Just not even a second thought. hmm And that is a much better version of the guy who lost to Davey Grant or to Andre Ewell two years earlier. Yeah. You know? And he fights all the time, too, which is great. Cause, yeah. You know, this is also a dude who you can tell, like, there are – understandable you know their confidence he wants nothing to do with talking to anybody like the most clamped down introverted does not want to have an outward facing media personality fighter out there so it's good to see he he is growing into his 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 talent
0: one of our favorite categories the professional mm-hmm. <laughs> he just seems to take it very seriously
1: Yep. Uh, odds on the bout. Martinez is the underdog. Opened at... Just all I'm asking. <laughs> just to, there we go. Opened at plus 190. Dropped to plus 159. Currently up at plus 203. Has risen a lot. Got from, went from plus 158 to plus 203 in the past two days. So money really coming in on the Nurmagomedov side. Uh, Nurmagomedov opening at minus two twenty-five, bounced up to minus one ninety-six, and was holding steady until the last couple of days when he went from minus one ninety-two to minus two fifty-three. So interesting to see that that kind of odd turn there. odd mm-hmm. turn. All right, that brings us to a light heavyweight bout: Vitor Petrino, Anton Turcali. and um this is a fun little style clash. If you're going to have like bargain basement light heavyweights, <laughs> yeah, you
0: got to bring um, in some new ones now and then, I guess.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, I, light heavyweight and heavyweight and middleweight are all divisions where, and UFC is doing this to their credit because I this is. They were not doing this five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. Just sign everyone who wins. You have a fat guy that does not look like he trained a day in his (laughs) life, and he is 8-0. Sign him. (laughs) Just sign all of them at 185 and up, and run that thing. Run the the you know the gold the gold pan sluice just (laughs) sift constantly because you cannot tell in these divisions who is going to just be really functional shockingly functional
0: you have a swede whose nickname is the pleasure man yeah you sign that dude whatever his record is right (laughs) could be fun
1: and it turns out Turkali is like the least pleasurable fighter in the world to watch. <laughs> he Probably. fights like he's trying to convince people he knows how to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were looking
0: at his tapology photo, right? His
1: tapology photo is one of the best tapology photos to ever have <laughs> hit tapology ever. The man yeah. is a treasure to our sport. <laughs> it does not matter how bad unfun his fights are to watch
0: uh-huh
1: like anyone who is bringing that amount of personality with them to the cage should always have a platform
0: yeah it makes you think of um who was the the canadian karate guy who tragically died a few years ago
1: ryan oh, something yeah ryan jimmo
0: yeah, Brian jimmo. yeah. That's a that's a, a charismatic personality whose fights were just absolutely terrible to watch
1: but he did the robot Mm-hmm. And he did body poses. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, he knocked somebody so far out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was always fun. He seemed mm-hmm. like a really sweet dude, you mm-hmm. know? It was He it wasn't always fun, though. Well, sure. I mean, he was, all like, personality-wise.
0: Like, personality-wise, absolutely.
1: Never heard any, a bad word about him. Right. Anton Tercali looks like he has only ever read about sex and is trying to convince all of his <laughs> friends. That he <laughs> knows how to have it, like it's like a twelve, like a high school dance, yeah. And he's like hugging some girl, and he's like, "Guys, I just had sex. That was it." Yeah, and they're all like, "That no, that can't be right."
0: What's the what's what's the Swedish version of she lives in Canada? It's like <laughs> you, she lives in Finland. You <laughs> wouldn't know her. She's she's a Dude, Sami.
1: Just like he has all the personality, all the moves, the pleasure man comes out there. It's just like. I <laughs> am gonna cling to this guy so hard, <laughs> and that's I have what he no other sex plan. is.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what he thinks sex is. That's why he's yeah. he's having so much fun. He just thinks he's getting laid all the time,
1: right? <laughs> but it's—I mean—it is remarkable how few other parts of his game mm-hmm. seem to exist at all. Mm-hmm. Not the wrestling, really. Not the striking. Uh, I don't even know... Let me see his record here. Yeah, he's got two rear naked chokes. I don't even really know. You could say the grappling? Mm Mm-hmm. It's just the clinging. He just clings. And, you know, his whole... I think the goal long-term for him is to get into top control positions where he can land ground and pound.
0: Yeah. Um and God preserve the first woman he does get to sleep with him cuz he is not letting go. <laughs> He's going to be stuck with this man for life. That's right. He's a clinger.
1: He's a clinger. Um and Vitor Petrino is just a mess. He's just a big athlete. He's the classic light heavyweight, a yeah. big athletic dude that hits hard and yeah, has never thought of uh, about any other parts of MMA than hitting hard.
0: Yeah, he is 100% going to get submitted very soon by one of the four grapplers in the division. Mm -hmm. But he is a mauler on the feet, man. He just trades power punches with people. I mean, I got to say, he actually, it's all done with, like, no uh, no notion that the opponent might hit him back and punish him for it. Yeah. But... For a guy who just treats his opponent like they are a heavy bag, he does throw good heavy bag combinations.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, no. His punches are tight and crisp. There's a reason he's knocking people out. He's a good athlete.
0: He puts them together well. It's yeah. yeah. You, you could say the guy is. It looks good on the pads. It looks good in the bag. Usually that means that he's going to therefore look different in the fight. It's yeah. it, it's something to his credit that he doesn't.
1: Yeah, he's just he can be taken down uh, at any moment. He might hit a takedown at any moment but he's not going to do a lot with it other than you know kind of try to stand back up and find ways to punch you more. Yeah. All he wants to do is punch you. I'll pick him to beat Terkali. Um it might be terribly awful, it might be terribly hilarious, I don't know. But light heavyweight is the division where you pick the dude who is going to end the night in like one second if he gets a chance. And so yeah. I'll pick Petrino to to get that chance.
0: Yep, same. Yeah, Petrino looks like he might actually have some potential to go somewhere in this division. Takali does not look very good, I gotta be honest. Like you said, he's he's a blanket who's like not even particularly comfortable doing that. He just looks I don't know, quite tense.
1: Yeah, like he's just he he he's a back take artist who doesn't have any way to get the fight down. So he just kind of yeah. grabs people and navigates to a rear race cinch and then is just sort of like, Well, I'm here. Yeah. Now-
0: yeah, and Petrino throws hard. He throws a lot, um, yeah. and he's he looks pretty well conditioned too yeah. to to yeah. go with that. So like his contender series fight, he did get after trading a bunch of stupid punches, he did get taken down and got his back taken. But yep. those 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 successful takedowns were pretty few and far between as the fight wore on.
1: Yeah, and because, he came out late, you know, in in into the middle of round two and just iced his opponent. Yep. So. This is the kind of division where if you can just hang around and do that, I'm going to pick you to hang around and do that.
0: Yep. Yep. He, he is like straight out of uh, the, the fact that this guy will probably do well in the division. And it's like Jimmy Manoa, Tiago Santos was how many years ago? Mm-hmm. This is just that kind of fighter.
1: Yep. Uh, that said, if Tarkali wins, it will be so funny. It will. Oh, just, yeah. Every win he has is going to be hilarious.
0: Patrino is gonna be so mad the whole time.
1: So mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I like I said I'm kind of looking. If you're gonna get low level light like heavyweights, I'm looking forward to this. Like they yeah, both have very particular ideas of exactly how they want to fight. Sometimes you know Patrino's or uh, Tricoli is no fun, but at least he knows. You know, there's a there's a very set idea one set idea there.
0: Yeah, my only real criticism like you got to have some matchups like this is why yeah. is this positioned on the main card when like
1: yeah, I,
0: you got Victor Henry on this card. Right. You know?
1: Turkali opened at plus 145, he's currently minus 111. Petrino opened at minus 170, he's currently minus 110. That's fine. I would say Petrino should be favorite. Um but really it, this fight could just be trash yeah. in fun ways. Alright, that brings us to a heavyweight bout. Carl Williams, Lucas Brzewski, and I think it's,
0: I think it's Wukas.
1: Wuk- yeah, Wukas. Wukas. Wukish. Gotta watch Brzezky. that Polish that Polish
0: L with the line L- through it. Yeah, that's close enough.
1: Okay. And uh, um Oh, is this me? Yeah, I guess this is you. But when, yeah. uh, this it is, is, it is. Of, we're done we're done with the card okay <laughs> never mind this is the end of the main card i just started spinning my wheels all right thanks everyone for tuning in you can find me on twitter at these ain't Sign. you can find connor on twitter at boxing bush on both of us over at bloody com give us a like subscribe to our podcast on bloody over presents on soundcloud youtube iTunes spotify stitcher all those good places and as always the video section is brought to you by uh, Chris Rini and his book, The Fine Art of Violence, which you can find at chrisrini.com, C-H-R-I-S-R-I-N-I.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.
2: Just a little reminder that you can support the MMA Vivisection, the MMA depressed us, and the sixth round post-fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash mmavivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7... It's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much.
0: bloody elbow presents the mma section, the show that gives you a comprehensive breakdown and expert analysis of all the fights happening on this weekend's ufc card here are your hosts Zane simon and connor rebush